Good morning, home church. Wasn't that amazing? Can we give them another hand? I, that song is absolutely beautiful. They did an amazing job. Thank you, son. It's very convenient to have your son who works on the staff so he can do all the nice things for his mom today. <laughs> yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. I'm so happy and honored and privileged to be here to speak with you this morning. Um, it's, it, it's a very surreal day for me, so um, I hope you'll bear with me and have some patience. We may go long, we may go short, but it's all good. Amen? <laughs> So um, my first Mother's Day was 24 years ago. And, um, you know, back then, Mother's Day to me was kind of that um, hallmark holiday. Sold a lot of cards, sold a lot of flowers. Um, but it was, it was literally just a time to celebrate. And over the years, something that I've noticed, um, especially in church, which, which is amazing, I'm glad that it's happening in church, is that we're becoming a little bit more sensitive to the fact that Mother's Day for some people is not a day to be celebrated. Um, it's a difficult day. Um, it's a painful day. And um, for some, it can be very, very frustrating. And so I just want to give space to both because I think both are just as important. So if Mother's Day for you today is a day of celebration, then we totally want to honor that. And you know what? That's, that's amazing. That is exactly uh, what Mother's Day should be for you, is a day to celebrate and to honor your mom and to be honored as a mom. But I also want to just create a little bit of space for those that um, this may be a painful day for them or a day of frustration or a, a day of um, sadness um, and of loss. And um, I think if there's anywhere in the world that we can show the compassion and love of Jesus, it's on Mother's Day for those that may not be feeling the exact same way that, that we are. So if you're full of joy today, then celebrate that. And if you're not, then I just want you to know that I see you. Hi, my name's Lisa, and I'm a crier. <laughs> We're just going to get that out of the way right now. Um, I see you, but more importantly, God sees you, and he sees your pain and your heartache. And so um, I just wanted to make some space for that. But it is because of that tension between those that find it a joyful day and those that find it a difficult day that I didn't really want this message to be just about moms. So instead, I've decided um, for my message to be about women all women, um, whether you're a mom or a daughter or a grandmother or an aunt or a sister, um, I want it to be for all women today. So, um, but before we get started, I also want to make a point to all the men, this is not your opportunity to sleep in church. I know you're thinking, well, I'm not a woman, so um, I can just take a little nap, but number one, I would hate that because then I would feel like I'm not doing a very good job. Um, so please don't fall asleep. Hopefully this will be interesting enough that you won't. But also I want to point out one little thing. Um, you all have heard the saying, behind every great man is a great woman, right? So for all of you um, women out there, you know that there's a man right beside you or behind you or in front of you or with you. Um, so this message is for everyone, but I am focusing on women. So before we get started, I'm going to pray. 
Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. It is such an honor and a privilege to speak and to be used by you. Lord, more than anything, I want to honor you with my words. And then secondly, I just pray, Father, that what I have to say, which is led and guided by the Holy Spirit, will reach and touch the hearts of every woman that's in here. Lord, it is my prayer that they will be encouraged, they will be uplifted, and that they will walk out knowing a little bit more about your love for them. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well. So some of you know me, and, and the last time I was up here and I had my little 15 minutes of fame and, and I got to speak a few months ago, I mentioned how when I was younger, my goal in life to, was to be a wife and a mom. And I made the point that being a wife and a mom, it may not seem a very ambitious goal in life. Like, I didn't want to be a doctor, I didn't want to be a, an astronaut or anything like that. I was never the, the kid that said, I want to be a fireman or a policeman or anything like that. I just wanted to be a wife and a mom. And um, to me, I felt like that that was actually very, it was a challenge because I didn't just want to be a wife and a mom. I didn't want to be a good wife and a mom. I wanted to be a great wife and a mom. Better yet, I wanted to be the best wife and mom. And so I kind of set my bar really, really high. But notice I didn't say I wanted to be a perfect mom, because we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but when I was growing up in church, I had learned about the virtuous woman. How many here have heard about the virtuous woman? I know there's a lot that have, but there may be some that are in here this morning that have never heard of the, the virtuous woman. And so um, this is a woman that, in my eyes, back in the day, felt like she had it all together, and that's what I wanted to be, the virtuous woman. And so we're going to talk about her this morning because I'm a woman, she's a woman. I feel like we can relate to one another pretty well. So if you have your Bible with you, um, we're going to turn to Proverbs 31, and we're going to start in verse 10. I will, I will say that if you like to take notes, this is a great message to take notes with uh, because there's going to be lots of things that you can write down and take with you. So I'm just going to give you that opportunity if you want to do that. But we're going to start in uh, verse 10 of Proverbs 31. And I just realized that I don't actually have Proverbs 31 verse 10 in my notes. So we're going to read along on the screen. And I can't read that. Oh, boy. Can you tell this is my first time? <laughs> All right. It says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. 
She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. He says, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruits of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Amen. Amen. So she sounds pretty amazing, right? I mean, she seemed pretty amazing to me when I was learning about her when I was younger. Um, In some ways, she seems a little intimidating because it seems like she has everything put together. But for some of us, she may seem very unrelatable because many of us, I mean, I'm sure there's some of you out here that are very talented in this. I don't have this particular talent. She sews. Um, She plants things in gardens, and I know some of us have gardens. But, um, yeah, I don't really relate to a lot of the things that she did back in those days. Um, So how can we actually glean from her? when she seems unrelatable by today's standards. The women of today don't necessarily look like the women of the past. But if we believe that the word of God is breathed out by God and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, then what is written about her still applies to us today. Amen? And so instead of looking at her in a literal sense as we try to follow her and learn from her, I want to learn about her virtues, what makes her a virtuous woman. And so in order to do so, we need, kind of need to know what a virtue is. We don't really use the term virtue or virtuous in our everyday language anymore. I think the only time you maybe hear that anymore is when you're talking about a woman's purity. Um, and that is an aspect of virtue, but we don't really use that term a whole lot. And so... What I, when I was studying all this, what I wanted to know, number one, was what is virtue? And number two, um, why is she called virtuous? And why is she such a good example to follow? Because if it's in the word of God, that means there's truth in it, and that means we can apply it to our lives. So virtue, in case you're wondering, is behavior showing high moral standards. So what we just read about this woman showed that she had high moral standards. But what I want you to understand is it's, what, it's who she is and not necessarily what she does. It's more about her character and less about her actions. And so we are going to talk about the seven virtues that apply to all women. She was a wife and a mother, but I, but I do believe that this is something that it can apply to all women. So if you're a sister, um, an aunt, a grandmother, a friend, a grandmother, a friend, uh, just women in general, this applies to all of us. Amen. So number one we're going to talk about is dignity. If you look at verse 10, it says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. So a virtuous woman with dignity understands her value. She's either adding to her life because she understands this value, or she's taking away from herself and from others because she doesn't understand her value. Do you understand your value, ladies? How many times have you heard, and I'm very guilty of this, have you heard, actually I've already said it this morning, 
How many times have you heard, I'm just a mom? We use that little word just, and that negates our value immediately. Or you say, I'm just a student, or I'm just a homemaker. We, we negate our value when we use that little word, just. It's interesting that you never hear someone say, I'm just a doctor. I'm just a brain surgeon. Oh, I'm just an astronaut. The flip side is, is that sometimes we elevate ourselves based on what we do. And so we, we tend to think that, well, I'm a, I'm a brain surgeon, and so we're elevating ourselves, um, and we're making that be what our value comes from, is from that title. So both of these concepts are actually false because neither one of them are focusing on your true value. And the true value of this virtuous woman wasn't based on the roles that she played. It was based on who she was in Christ. Every woman in here has value. And it's not based on what you do. And it's not based on your title. And it's not based on your just. You're not just anything. You are a new creation in Christ. You are bought with a price. You are a daughter of the king. I could go on and on and on. And, and as women, we need to understand that we're not just anything. Or we're, or we're not elevating ourselves with pride and saying, well, I'm this. Your, your value is simply based on who you are in Christ. And she was more precious than rubies because she understood her value in Christ. And we can possess, possess sorry, that same dignity, but we need to understand who we are in Jesus. Amen? And gentlemen, may I point out, responsibility to treat our women with dignity is not because of what your wife or your, your uh, dad or whatever role that you play in, in the women's lives. Do you treat them with dignity because who they are in Christ, not because of what they do? And that's so important, and I think that um, that can't be understated, that, that the men in our lives actually do have a role, and that is to understand that our value is based on we are a child of God. Amen? So number two, the second virtue is patience. In verse 16, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Version, it says, she considers a field before she buys or accepts it. With her savings, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. So a virtuous woman is patient, and she's patient in her decision-making. Notice she says she considers a field, and I think that's really important because she's not impulsive. She weighs the pros and cons of the decisions that she's making. Before she decides to take on another responsibility, she weighs and considers whether or not taking on that new responsibility is going to take away from her current tasks and responsibilities. Do you consider taking on a new job, a new responsibility, and a new task without weighing whether it causes other tasks to suffer? Um, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit, but that's okay. Has anyone, and don't raise your hand, I'll raise my hand. Has anyone uttered the words, I'll just do it myself? If I want it to get done, okay, some of you are honest. Amen. We stick together. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we say, you know what, if, I, if you want to get something done, you just do it yourself. 
and I'll just do it myself, and it'll get done faster, and it'll get done more efficiently, and my husband can attest to it. I say that a lot. Okay, may I? I know you guys raised your hands, but I'm going to, because you added yourself, I'm going to out you too. Um, that's not patience. That's not the patience of a virtuous woman, and I'm, I'm literally speaking to myself, so there's no judgment on you. Um, I'll, I'll put it on myself. That is not patience. She considers the decisions she makes. So if I'm going around saying, well, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. What am I doing? I'm running myself ragged, and I'm, I'm no longer bringing honor to that situation. If you notice the second half um, of, of, that, of that verse, in verse 16, in the ESV, it says, out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. And I was like, oh, okay, so she's making money. Okay, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, okay, so she makes a lot of money and she goes plants a vineyard. Well, how is that beneficial? I mean, yay for profits and everything like that. But I went to the ESV, and this is why I put it in, in um, my point, if I can find it. In the Amplified, it states, with her savings of time and strength... She plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. Being patient saves us time and strength. We're not doing it all because we think we can do it better. Being patient saves us time and strength, and it makes us more fruitful, ladies. If we're taking on too much, we aren't patient in considering new tasks and their impact on current tasks, we're losing time and strength. And if that's been for you, like it has been for me, it's okay to ask for help. I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like to do things on my own, and, and I like to take over certain things because I don't think they're doing, being done well. Um, but if that's going to take away from, from my strength and my time, then it's okay to ask for help. And, and I would encourage that. I know that's, that's difficult, but I'm working on it, and so we can all work on that together if that, if that happens to be you. Um, and on the flip side of that, if someone comes to you and says, hey, you know what, I'm actually going to cut out because I'm going to save on some time and strength by being patient in the decisions that I'm making, and this decision probably isn't right for me right now, and normally I would take it on, but, but I'm not going to take it on because I'm considering the responsibilities that I have, and taking this one on may actually overburden me a little bit. If someone comes to you and has that conversation with you, then be gracious with them and, and be encouraging of that um, because I do believe that we, we could all learn to be a little bit more patient with ourselves and the decisions we make. The third um, virtue is diligence. In verse 17, it says, She sets out about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the tasks. So a, a virtuous woman is a hard worker. She's diligent to get work done. Now, I want to pause for a second. Do not confuse this with busyness. Busyness is a distraction. Busyness keeps us from doing what we should be doing, or maybe to avoid people. Maybe it's to avoid issues in our life. Maybe it's to avoid doing what God has asked us to do. And let me tell you, I have been busy the majority of my life. Um, as you guys know, I have three kids. They're amazing. I love them. Um, and having three kids, you're just naturally busy. 
you have a lot to do. You've got sports, you've got kids, and then you've got cooking and cleaning and all the things. And, and on top of that, if you have a job, then you can become very busy very, very fast. So I'm not, I'm not here to, to criticize being busy. However, I don't want to confuse busyness with being diligent and being a hard worker. If you're just being busy to be busy and it's to avoid all the things, that's not being diligent. Um, both the busy woman and a diligent, hardworking woman both have 24 hours of the day and they both have very full days, but they are not the same woman. How many of you have heard the term busybody? How many have ever been called a busybody? Don't raise your hand. Okay, a busybody is not a term of endearment. It's not something that you want to be known for. It's, they're a busybody because they're all up in everybody else's business and they're probably not being very diligent in what they should be doing. Amen? We don't want to be a busybody. However, there's something else about the, today's society that I notice is that we glorify busyness. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have all these things to do. And it's like you want a trophy because you're being so busy. But busy is not being diligent. It's not being a hard worker. And I'm going to tell you how you know the difference. Tuck your toes in because it might get a little, mm, they might get stepped on here in a second. Being diligent and hardworking makes you stronger. Look at the second half of verse 17. Her arms are strong for the tasks. Being diligent and hardworking makes you stronger. It makes you stronger mentally, physically, spiritually. And I'll just finish with this. When was the last time you felt stronger by being busy? When was the last time you felt stronger by being busy? But when you're hardworking, you're diligent, God's going to honor that time. And that's what makes you a virtuous woman. Amen? Are we still friends? Okay. The fourth virtue is generosity. Verse 20 says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. So a virtuous woman is generous. She freely gives to others in need. And because she understands that she's blessed, she can bless others. Well, Pastor Lisa, I don't have any money to give. Okay, fine. It's not always about money. If you have the money to give and, and you can help those that are in need, be a blessing. That's awesome. However, it's not always about money. If you notice, she's opening her arms to the poor. Unless she's carrying, like, huge mounds of money, that's not what she's talking about. She's opening her arms to the poor and her hands to the needy. She's giving of her time and of her talents. It's not always about the money. And so um, back when Elijah was born, a long time ago, um, I had to have a C-section. And so, you know, I was kind of laid up a little bit. It wasn't planned. And so I, you know, I was having a hard time cooking meals and cleaning and stuff like that. And this was back in the day before DoorDash. It was back before you had the really cute um, meal train things like that. You basically had to get an email and you had to sign up and, and communicate by phone. And it, it was not really a it was kind of a, log a logistical nightmare back in the days. But I had amazing women from church, from my family, um, from friends that made meals for me. I would say, I, I mean, I think it was at least two weeks. And please, please do not discount 
your value by how you can be a blessing by helping other women. It doesn't always have to be about money. It can be about your, ta- your talent. If you're an amazing cook um, or just giving the time and helping to, to clean the house or something like that, don't discredit the blessing you are by helping others in need. Sometimes it is money, but sometimes it's time. And a generous woman reaches out her hands to fill those in need, whether it's in body, mind, or in spirit. So we can be generous to our friends. We can be generous to those that are in the church. We can be generous to complete strangers, to our family. If you can't give financially, give of your time and talent because a a virtuous woman is generous. And I will say, and and I don't know if this is in the Bible or not, but I've said it before, um, you know, the, the scripture talks about tithing and how it's, it's, you know, when you give, you receive back. So when you give of your money, God pours more back into your life. I honestly believe, and again, I don't know if it's in the Bible, Jeff Jackson can let me know later, but I believe that if you tithe your time, you're going to get that time back to you. It's going to be multiplied back to you. And I just think that that's kind of the law of giving, like sowing and reaping. If you give it, you're going to get it back. So keep that in mind too. When you're being generous with your time, it will come back to you. Amen. So the fifth virtue is courage. In verse 25, it says, she's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. So the virtuous woman is courageous. She's clothed in strength and dignity. And if anybody knows, that was the verse of the day today in the U version, which is amazing. Um, she's clothed in strength and dignity. This is where the world gets it wrong. The world says strength is based on your abilities, your position, or your education. And the definition of dignity from the dictionary is the right of a person to be valued and respected for their own sake. But the word of God says that your strength and your dignity comes from the fear of the Lord. So what is the fear of the Lord? I can tell you what it's not. The fear of the Lord is not, oh my gosh, I'm afraid I'm going to get struck by a lightning bolt because I did something wrong or I said something wrong. The fear of the Lord is not, oh my gosh, I did something wrong and so God is up there like pointing his finger at me, shaming me and guilting me and making me feel terrible for what I did. That's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is continual submission to God in humility and faith. It's continual submission to God in humility and in faith. The virtuous woman's strength comes from the fear of the Lord because she knows what she can do and she gives the Lord the rest. She doesn't try to do it all. She does what she knows she can do and she gives the Lord the rest. Her dignity comes from her knowledge that she's worthy of respect because she fears the Lord. And both strength and dignity come from the fear of the Lord and she's clothed in it. So when I was doing a little bit of studying about this, my question to me was, why did we use the word clothed? Why clothed? Because we could have said, I mean, the, the Bible could have said um, she was filled with strength and dignity, or she was taught strength and dignity, or she possessed strength and dignity. There were so many other words that you could have chosen, Lord, but you chose the word clothed. 
And I don't think that that's a mistake for two reasons. Number one, when we're clothed, that's something that we do. We put our clothes on every day, hopefully. Every day. So every day, she's putting on strength and dignity. The second thing is, is it's what the clothes do. The clothes cover and they protect. So she's covered and protected every day. So you wake up in the morning. Your life is out of control. You're overwhelmed with 101 things you have to do. You're anxious. You're depressed. You're overwhelmed. You're undervalued. You're feeling all the weight of the world. But we can clothe ourselves in strength and dignity. So you get out of bed in the morning and you put on your strength and you say, Lord, I know the things that I can control and I'm going to give you the rest of it today. And then you put on your dignity or your jacket. You put it on and you tell yourself, I'm worthy of respect and I'm valuable because I submit myself to you and humility and faith. The fear of the Lord covers and it protects. And when we revere, honor, and devote ourselves to him, then we're clothed in that strength and dignity. The second part of that verse says, she laughs at the days to come. Or she says, in other versions it says, she laughs without fear of the future. So she enjoys life because she doesn't spend her day worrying. When we wake up worrying, where is our fear of the Lord? We need to clothe ourselves with strength and dignity and let that fear of the Lord cover us so that we can have the peace for today. Amen? The sixth virtue is wisdom. Verse 26 says, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So the virtuous woman is a wise woman. Because she follows the Lord, she has clarity on decisions, life, and words spoken. So I'm going to tattle on myself again. Um, Jeff and I have been married for nearly 27 years. Um, and there have been times in our 27 years that I have said something and he has commented. He was like, you know what, Lisa, you're really wise. And, and I can't tell you exactly what I've said in those moments, but he'll just, you know, wow, that's really wise. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, it just kind of seems obvious to me. It just, I don't know, it just, it, it just makes sense to me. And so I guess that's wisdom that's coming out of my mouth. Um, but it just made sense in the moment. Um, our daughter, Asia, has actually said the same thing to me at times. She's like, wow, mom, you're really wise. And she calls them mom-isms because they're these little, little nuggets that I guess I say at times in our, in our lives, and she's like, you should actually write a book. And unfortunately, um, neither one of us write these things down, so I won't be becoming an author anytime soon. But there's just times um, in my life where, and, and maybe you've experienced this too, where something comes out of your mouth and someone says, wow, I just really needed to hear that. That's wisdom. And that shouldn't be discredited. However... <laughs> More times than not, more times than those times where the wisdom has been flowing out of my mouth, um, there have been other times where I have been speaking out of anger or hurt 
or frustration, hasn't been wisdom coming out of my mouth, um, I've been stating things in an emotional way, or I'm just rattling off opinions and it's not really edifying or building up anybody. I mean, I can admit it. I, it's happened to me a time or two. But I'll say this, in Proverbs 17, 28, it says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. So a wise woman knows when to speak and when to be silent. And our words can just as much be a witness of who God is as our actions can. So I'm kind of talking to myself, but, that, but, but if that resonates with you, then amen. It's not limited to women, though, either. Men. <laughs> and all the women said, amen. Um, there's wisdom. And the virtuous woman has wisdom. Our last virtue is devotion. In verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So a virtuous woman is devoted to the Lord. She's less concerned with the outer, what she looks like on the outside, which we all know this is what the world emphasizes. Is our hair right? Do we have the right clothes? Do we weigh the right thing? Like everything has to be on the outside, but God cares more about the heart. Amen. The virtuous woman is dignified, she's patient, she's diligent, she's generous, she's courageous, and she's wise. And these are all amazing virtues. And it seems like, oh my gosh, she's perfect. But she's not praised for those things. She's praised because she fears the Lord. Fearing the Lord, once again, the fear of the Lord is continual submission to God in humility and in faith. She's devoted to God. Now, I've been talking for a long time, and some of you may be sitting there going, oh, gosh, I'm not that. I'm not that either, and I'm not that. That's, you know, I don't, I don't want you to leave here feeling beat down because, you know, we've, we've seen the standard, and we're realizing that, oh, my gosh, I don't, I don't live up to that standard. We're not here to place blame or guilt or shame if you're not all seven. Living a life of virtue is noble, and it's something that we can always work towards as part of our sanctification, but we may never possess all seven, and it's for good reason. Um, so I'm going to tell a story. Um, when I was 40, I got a tattoo, and before we start hammering around in our minds whether or not that's a good thing to do or a Christian thing to do or the right thing to do, I'm going to ask you to kind of set that opinion aside because you're going to lose the point of my whole story if you get focused on that. So I, I was 40 years old and I decided to get a tattoo and because the virtuous woman was kind of like my hero, I decided to get, well you can't see it because of my watch, but I decided to get Proverbs 31 verse 25 tattooed on my wrist because a woman that's clothed in strength and dignity and she laughs without the fear of the future seemed like my kind of woman and I wanted that reminder. And so I went to the, the place to get my tattoo and it only took like 10 minutes. And I don't know if the guy just wasn't very talented, if he was new. It could have been because I was talking to him the whole time and he was a little distracted, but um, it didn't turn out all that great. And as most of you know, tattoos are kind of permanent. I mean, I know you can get them removed, but, you know, they're there forever. 
And um, some of the letters are a little blobby. They're kind of mushed together. And part of my P was supposed to have this cute little curl on it, and he completely left it off. So I left there pretty upset. <laughs> I've just put this permanent thing on my body, and it's not that great. And so, you know, years go by, and, and I'm kind of upset about it. And, um, you know, I'm not real proud of it, and I don't show anybody and that kind of thing. And then one day, for whatever reason, I had a revelation, and I don't know if it was from the Lord or not, but I had this revelation. Your tattoo may not be perfect, but neither was a virtuous woman. <laughs> she wasn't perfect either. So now I'm like, yay, a perfect representation of who I am, an imperfect woman. And so now I love my tattoo because it reminds me that, no, you're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. There's only one who's perfect. It's Jesus. But how many, time, how, how many of us spend our lives trying to be just that? We're trying to be that virtuous woman. Maybe it's just me. We're trying to be that virtuous woman and we're trying to tick all those boxes and do all the things. I want to be diligent and I want to be wise and I want to be courageous and I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be. The virtuous woman, if you, if you notice, she doesn't have a name. She may not even be a real person. She's a standard She's something to work towards. I honestly believe she doesn't have a name because if she had had a name, that would have made her a real person. And if she was actually all of these things all the time, we would have started glorifying her over Jesus. We tend to like, you know, put people on a pedestal and think, oh my gosh, they're so perfect. And then the judgments come and the, and the comparisons come. And then, you know, maybe it's just me, but then you start feeling miserable about yourself. She's a standard. And, and not only is she a standard for us ladies, but we can all live these virtues. But we may never possess all seven. There's only one that matters the most, and that's the last one. Her devotion to God. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She's not praised because she's wise. She's not praised... Um, because she's perfect. She's not praised because she's busy. She's not praised because she's stressed out. And listen, in this day and age, I don't know about you men, you, maybe, maybe you don't, you're not aware of this, but if you have any relationship with any woman in any age, then you probably do, or you live under a rock. Women today are bombarded with criticism and comparison and judgment and shame and guilt and condemnation and on and on and on. And we're trying so hard to be perfect. It makes us feel beat down and helpless and alone. So where do we turn to the fear of the Lord? She has dignity because of the fear of the Lord. She has patience because of the fear of the Lord. She's diligent because of the fear of the Lord. Why is she generous? Because of the fear of the Lord. She's courageous because of the fear of the Lord. How is she wise? Because of the fear of the Lord. Remember, the fear of the Lord is continuous submission to God in faith and humility. 
So on this day that we're celebrating all women, I want to encourage you. If you remember at the beginning, I wanted to be a good mom. No, I wanted to be a great mom. No, I wanted to be the best mom. But I thought I had to be the virtuous woman and hit all of those virtues and attributes. And I will tell you, 100%, I have not succeeded. I have not arrived. But what I have learned is to let go of trying to be perfect and just focus on the seventh one, the devotion to God. She is the one to be praised. And if we get that one right, then the rest will follow. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to take a minute right now and um, pray. If everyone would bow their heads. There may be some in here that have no idea what I'm talking about, and this is totally new to you because you don't even know who Jesus is. And Lord, if there is anyone in this room that does not know you, I am asking right now that your Holy Spirit would give them the boldness to raise their hand and know and ask for that free gift, a gift that you can only give, that gift of eternal life, that gift, that assurance, and that peace, that if they should die today, they would have peace in knowing that they will spend eternity in heaven with you, and that as they live, they decide to dedicate their life to following and loving you. And if that's you in this room right now, everybody's head is bowed and no one's looking around. If your heart is pounding out of your chest right now, then I'm speaking to you. And if you have never accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Just slip it up real quick so I can see it, and then you can put it right back down. Maybe you're in here this morning and you don't feel like you've been very close to the Lord. You find yourself in a place in your life where once you were fully devoted, but life has gotten in the way and maybe you've walked away and you find yourself here. You have no idea why you came to home church this morning. I will tell you that is no accident that you're here today. And if you want to rededicate your life to him and get back on the path, listen, he's not judging you and condemning you and neither am I. But if that's you, I'm going to ask you to be bold and raise your hand. If there's anybody in here, just so I can see it, nobody else is looking. Nobody else will see it. Anyone at all? And finally, if any of you have questions about the Holy Spirit, maybe you're curious to know more about it, or you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you as well to raise your hand. It may seem strange, and maybe you just want to know more about it. But being filled with the Holy Spirit gives you power, not just for yourself, but it gives you power to walk through this life and be an encouragement and a light to others. It's just an added gift that the Lord gives us. Anyone at all, if you'd like to raise your hand.
Amen. Well, at the end of service, you guys can look up. At the end of service, we're going to have a prayer team along the back wall. And if any one of you have prayer for anything or if you didn't want to raise your hand but you, you would like prayer, we have people that are back there that would lovingly and caringly pray for you. And um, they're going to be there after service. And I would encourage you to go see them afterwards. Um, so I want to take just a minute as I conclude the service. Um, I want to take a minute and just honor the women of home church. And we've been hearing about being less than perfect and how that's an okay thing. So I'm going to ask the ladies right now, all the ladies across the auditorium, I'd like you all to stand up. All the ladies, 100% participation. If you're sitting next to a lady and she's not standing up, lovingly encourage her to stand up because it's going to get, it's going to get even, wow, we got, we got a ton of ladies in here. Where are all the men? Hmm. All right, ladies. Good for you. Yay. I'm, I'm clapping with both my hands. Like, yay. Thank you for, for being bold. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to ask all of you ladies, and I can see you, kind of. I know who you are. Every single one of you, you're coming up here. Every single one. We are lining up. We are joining hands. We are going to be strength in numbers. We are not going to stand alone. We're going to stand side by side with the other women in, in this church, in this family, in a straight line. Now, this only works if we're in a straight line, so you're going to have to get close. Straight line. All the ladies, every woman. I don't want to see any woman. Man, look at us all. Okay, maybe two lines. Come, come close. Come close. Come close. I won't bite, I promise. Look at you all. There's like hardly any dudes. There's a few. Yeah, I see you. Really close. Come on. Come on. Scooch forward. There we go. Be gentle. Be gentle. Look, my sisters, both of them right there. That's awesome. Come close. This is amazing. Okay. Wowzers. I love this. This is awesome, and we're all holding hands, right? Because we're stronger together. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in power, and we should be holding each other up and not tearing each other down. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, one more step. Gentlemen, guess what? You're going to come up here. We're all going to get up here. There's room. We'll make room. Actually, you know what? Dudes, just stand up. Just stand up. The women far outnumber you. So you guys just st stand up, and you're going to stretch out your arms. And my amazing son is going to pray for all the ladies. Amen? Amen. Stretch out your hands. <sighs> yeah, dudes, come on. <laughs> Man, if you're in the room, agree and pray with me, yeah? Word. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Father, we thank you today. First of all, we thank you for your son that you sent so lovingly to us. We thank you for that gift that he was to save all of us in the face of sin, in the face of us not deserving it. Lord, we thank you for that gift. We also thank you for the 
absolutely wonderful gift that is the women in our lives, whether that's our moms or our friends or our grandmas or our spiritual moms, whatever they may be. Lord, you created women initially as a gift to man. God, we pray that we do not lose sight of how special and how precious that gift is to us. We thank you that you are empowering our women to live boldly and courageously for you, not in fear or sadness or anxiety or anger or confusion, but in all the attributes that Pastor Mom talked about today in love and dignity and strength in pursuit of you, God. We thank you for how they minister to us men, (laughs) us seemingly clueless men at times. We thank you for the peace that is brought with them. We thank you for the direction that they provide in our crazy lives. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness when we seem to lose sight of who you've called us to be. That you don't look at us in judgment, but you look at us with excitement for the day that we come back to you in the ways that you have designed us to be. Lord, we thank you for everything that you minister to us through them. God, I pray that you continue to use them in more powerful ways than they've ever imagined, Lord, that you give them fresh fire to pursue you and to be strong and courageous and powerful foundations for their homes so that they can join hand in hand with their husbands or their boyfriends or sons and whatevers, that they can be a light in dark places and peace in crazy storms of life. Lord, we thank you so much for everything they do for us through you, Lord. We thank you that you are giving them fresh fires and fresh anointing and fresh love for not just you, but for all the people in their lives, Lord. That that men and people everywhere will look to the women of home church and look and see dignity and strength. And they will see the virtuous women working in them and through them. That she is a goal to strive towards. Like mom said, we'll never get it perfect. We thank you for guiding us along every step of the way. Lord, I pray as men that you give us kind words to speak, encouraging words, words of love and of peace to build up the virtuous women in our lives so that we can support them in every way they need and call for your help in every way, in every way of need that we can't minister to. Lord, we thank you for your gift. We thank you for your spirit that is guiding us as we pursue life together, hand in hand. We pray for all these things. Lord, I pray a blessing, a special blessing over all the women here, whether they're a mom, whether they're expecting mom, whether they're a spiritual mom, whether they're whoever. Every woman in this place has a design and a purpose specifically made for them by you. And we thank you for all these gifts. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And home church said, amen, amen. amen.